Let's do this, bitches. We do a good job, and I think we deserve the pay. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pussy Mansion. My name is Aurora. And I'm Karma. And today we're going to be talking about the wonderful... COVID-19. It is not wonderful at all. It is terrible and it has taken quite the toll on people in the stripping industry and the sex industry in general. <sighs> okay, so we have gone... I feel like it's been four months. It doesn't even feel like four months. It feels like five years. Like we're in that movie, uh, the one with like Mel Gibson and uh, Tina Turner. Okay, now you're really showing my age. <laughs> the movie where it's like, they're in the desert, and it's... Mel Gibson? And like... Okay, the only... Uh, wait. Mercury Retrograde. I can't okay, think. Yeah, I have brain frogs. Yeah. Brain frogs? But the, I have brain frogs. <laughs> brain frogs. But that movie, you know what I'm talking about? It's no. The, it's like the end of the world. Uh, Mad Max. Mad Max? Are you yes, fucking... Mad oh my Max. god, I just totally like just exploded... Everybody's fucking eardrums just, like, <laughs> ruptured. Yes, I know fucking Mad Max. Yeah, this is like Mad Max. Is it? Except it, without the cool outfits? Yeah, without the cool outfits. And I don't, like, get to be all hot and sexy in the desert. Right, and, like... I'm just unemployed There's no and water. sad. Yeah. You can't even quench your thirst. No, and I'm thirsty. <laughs> I'm a thirsty girl. Okay, so today we're going to be discussing COVID-19 and how the pandemic has been affecting the stripping community and the sex work community in general. Um, yeah, we, we've been, we have been in such a fucking crazy time. I, I don't even know what to say. Um, so I, I'm actually going to start off with talking about what happened uh, in my club and how it, how it happened for me. So I remember the the uh the weeks leading up to the shutdown and when the pandemic really started hitting the fan. So I actually have a client of mine who works for the CDC and I remember we were sitting and talking and he's told me he's like, "Yeah, this thing's this thing is going to get pretty serious." And I was like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, I I just, you know, just, you know, be careful. Maybe save up some money." And I was like, okay, give me like a thousand dollars. You know, and I was like, I don't know what that means. And eventually as weeks started moving forward, cause that was in January. Um, the club was going to be slower. That was in January. That was in January. He warned when, you. Yeah. When he told me that. Wow. And so, I mean, I think, I think a lot of people knew they knew in advance. A lot of people did. And so, um, I just remember, um, the weeks leading up to the initial shutdown, and watching that things were getting slower and slower and slower. And that's really scary. I was I was already pretty concerned because things had been slow and then it was just getting worse and worse and worse. Less people were coming in. There was less people like in every hour. Like usually we can get a consistent like anywhere up to 50 to 60 people at a time. Well, also, I feel like the flu season hit around late January, early February. Right. If you noticed, a mm -hmm. lot of people I was working with dropped out of work because of the flu for, like, a week. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Which was weird. Yeah, that was weird. And then, <clears throat> yeah, people people had, like, gotten, like, flu and stuff at, at my work, and it was getting concerning, and I just remember... I, I remember hearing murmurs about a shutdown from the girls, and I remember being in the back, being in the back locker rooms... And people were talking about it. They were like, oh, no, I'm pretty sure uh, they're going to just shut down the strip clubs and we're going to, you know, just going to have to isolate and blah, blah, blah. And that's when I started to really start thinking, oh, shit, what is my game plan? What can I do um, to help myself? And wh what can I do to stay safe? Well, unfortunately, there was really no warning or anything that you could do because unfortunately, when it comes to working in strip clubs, we don't have anyone to take care of us. We don't we don't have like a union. We don't have our like I, I love, love, love my job. But, you know, we don't have protection. OK, and the only people that are there for each other in this industry are other strippers 
Same thing goes overall for the sex working industry. We don't have anyone there for us. It's just us looking out for each other. So I remember... I remember going into work the day before we got shut down. And the reason why was because I knew that it was going to happen. And I was like, I got to just, I just got to try. I just got to go to work, try to get as much money as I can. And then when it happens, I'll be prepared. Nothing could have prepared anyone for this, no matter what industry you were in. And so I remember going into work and it was, it was during the day and I'm, I'm an, I'm a night person, but I decided to go kind of early during uh, the middle of the day. And I remember asking my manager, I was like, so did, did you know about this whole shutdown possibly happening? And he was like, it could happen at any moment. And as soon as I walked in there, there was the regulars at the bar. And um, I remember sitting down and not even 30 minutes after getting into work, paying my house fee, sitting at the bar, talking it up with some regulars. We get a message. The bartender gets a text message from one of our girls and she says, yeah, we're shutting down tomorrow at this time. And I just remember being like mortified. I was it was starting to hit me. I was like, holy shit, I'm going to be unemployed. I'm not going to be able to have any income. And what really, really set me off, I had to leave my club because the regulars that were there started making jokes about how you know, oh, well, now you're going to have to do like house calls. And I was like, ah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, I guess, you know, you kind of have to play along. You can't, you can't like, you can't just flat out be an asshole all the time. Okay. Um, Cause that's, that's part of the hustle and uh, you had to handle these situations delicately. And so I remember the guy saying that and I was like, well, you're going to have to pay me a little bit more. Cause that's outside of my work or outside of like my, you know, my venue. And he goes, oh, no, you're going to have to give us a discount. Really? Yeah, that's what he fucking said. And I just remember I just remember being like, and I'm going to leave. I was like, I'm I'm like, there's like fucking four regulars here. I'm leaving. I was like, I'm 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 done. I was like, I need to leave. I need to figure out my situation. And I need I just need to get out. I was like, this is this is people like that. When they say things like that, you know, it's a omen for those kind of people in our society that want discounted services because of a situation like the pandemic that would happen. Yeah. Because they want us to be desperate. You know, they, they they think that we're going to be desperate and just claw any little tiny bit of money that we can get. Yeah. And, you know, luckily not every patron or regular that you meet is going to act like that or be like that. But in any industry, there's always an asshole, right? That person just happened to be one of them. Uh, I'm very thankful for my clients that have helped me uh, here and there throughout this pandemic. So big, big, big thank you to them. But it's 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 not it's not something that is easy. I have absolutely zero income, just like a lot of strippers and a lot of sex workers, especially uh, sex workers and strippers that you know we, we're 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 doing like physical work. We have to go into the club we have to be close to them we don't get three to six feet of distance would i be fucking so happy to do a six foot distance lap dance and get paid for it hell yeah that'd be sick but that's that's not how i do my job it's a very intimate job it requires being close to each other it requires consoling and touch and human interaction which makes it so fucking difficult and so whenever we got shut down i just remember being like Oh, yeah, we're a non-essential business. But I think that it's so essential to have strippers. It is so essential because you are a cheerleader. You are a friend. You are a therapist. You are so much for your clients, for your patrons. And it is essential to me. And I, I think it is extremely beneficial when people can come and get away and take a break and also talk to someone that's not directly correlated to them, like through family or friends. So the shutdown was definitely very, very hard. I remember going back into work to go uh, actually resign my contract because uh, we are 1099 independent contractors. And going into the club with the lights on and nobody in there seeing a couple of my girlfriends, it was really sad. Like, I just remember being in there and being like, 
how long is this going to last? Like, how long is this going to happen? What's going to happen? Speaking of which, so 1099 independent contractors, most strippers are going to be independent contractors. We're not considered employees unless you're in California, uh, which I believe I, I don't know much about um about how that is working with them in California since they have transitioned to being employees. Um, so if you have any information about that or you want to give me a little bit of insight, please do. Um, I'll also look into it as well, maybe share something that I find. So as an independent contractor, you work solely on tips. Uh, we go into the club, we pay a house fee, which can be anywhere from shit, a dollar to a hundred dollars. You don't know. Depends on where you are. And once you pay that house fee, you had to consider that you're going to tip out as well at the end of the night. So you may t tip out your manager. You may tip out your DJ. You may tip out your house mom. Uh, there's so much like you, you pretty much how, start. Mm -hmm. How often would you say that fluctuates like daily, weekly, monthly, the house fee? It depends on where you are. So, um, for instance, uh, depending on what time it is during the day at some places, mm -hmm. the house fee can start at a dollar at opening, but by midnight, it's $60. You know what I mean? It wow. just depends. Okay. It just depends. And um, so since we're independent contractors, we're technically not supposed to be given government aid during this time. But luckily, they did extend unemployment to 1099 independent contractors. And I was fortunate enough to, uh, to get the benefit claim started. But a lot of people were not especially if you didn't do your taxes or if you are a small business. So this is really interesting. So I was reading this article. I'm going to find it from Forbes. Wait, Forbes or Forbes? Forbes. Why you do me like that? I called it Forbes. I thought it was Forbes. It's not called Forbes. It's Forbes. That's how much I know about that. So... Forbes. It sounds like it's like a wealthier Furby, like Forbes. Dude, I don't know where I got that from. If anyone can figure out why the fuck I said that in my shit brain, I would really appreciate if anything, to know it looks why. Like Forbes, like stupid. Maybe your Spanish brain was like Forbes. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. So when the pandemic had initially started, Congress had passed this massive $2 trillion bailout bill, and it made sure people that were independent contractors or people that were self-employed could apply for loans and grants from the Small Business Administration. But if you were a legal sex worker or worked in the industry at all, you were ineligible for those funds or that bailout. Verbatim, what it said, this is from uh, an article from The New Yorker. And said, federal law bars the issuance of disaster loans and grants assistance to applicants who present live performances of a prurient sexual nature. And uh, what that word means, it pretty it, it's verbatim. It means having or encouraging an excessive interest in sexual matters, which is a very broad term. Right. So. You can look up similar adjectives, but they don't. Give, it's not going to be. It's not going to be sufficient. No, yeah, it's, it's not. Like I was saying, so present uh, present live performances of a prurient sexual nature, or who earn income through the sale of products or services, or the presentation of any depictions or displays of a prurient sexual nature. So strippers, pornographic performers, the owners of sex toys uh, shops, sex toy manufacturers, uh, erotic novel writers, um, sex therapists. I mean, the list goes on. That is such a broad fucking statement. It's insane. And so sex workers who make their money on the street, they can't have access to any public assistance. And they're going to be weary to access social services because they're scared of getting arrested, which goes back to the uh, FOSA-SESTA bill that had passed, which was supposed to... Um, help fight sex trafficking uh, online by taking down like back pages and like uh, kind of restructuring Craigslist, which just made it even more fucking dangerous because then you couldn't, you couldn't inform people about clients that had been blacklisted. It didn't help human trafficking whatsoever. There's no data that says that this bill has helped stop sex trafficking whatsoever.
In fact, it has made it even more dangerous and more people have taken onto the streets. And if anything, sex workers that are street workers need the most safety out of anyone right now. So luckily, if you are a 1099 independent contractor and in your state, they will allow you to uh, apply for unemployment. So uh, I looked at this article from Forbes uh, where they were talking to an anonymous woman who was a full service sex worker. And it was very, very interesting. So one of the key points that she said that made me think that I had not thought about before. She said, for my work, because I'm in a smaller city, I would either travel to see clients or they see me when they travel for work. So that income is gone. That is a very, very, very big part of uh, my income is having international clients and clients coming in from other states into my club. Well, that's a huge issue for all People who are uh, contract workers. Yeah, any gig workers. Which is crazy to me that the government wouldn't allow sex workers to have those business loans or to have unemployment. Because travel is a huge essential cost for a lot of sex workers. Yeah, a lot of sex workers, uh, specifically strippers, uh, like we travel to different clubs and we go for different like uh, conventions such as like tech conventions in Las Vegas or OTC. I I mean, shit, anything. We I mean, there's a lot of girls that travel to different states to go work. Lots of people do that. I mean, there's a bunch of girls that travel internationally to go work. And then vice versa, clients that come to travel to the cities you are working in. That's exactly what I was talking about was the fact that since my clients that are like, okay, so I have clients out in San Francisco or New York, they're not able to come see me. They're not able, number one, my club's not even open, but like, even if I wanted to go out and just have a date with them so I can get some extra cash, they're not here. I have a lot of clients in other states and that's a huge fucking setback. Well, you were saying how the FOSTA SESTA affected, um, the whole uh, communication between other sex workers as a safe means of meeting um, and vetting clients for non-trafficked sex workers and how this creates financial pressure to take additional risks. Yeah, that's uh, that's the other thing is you, you have the fact that you, you need the extra income. You need some kind of income because being, uh, being a stripper is our safety net. This is your financial liberation. This is your fucking safety net. And now are you willing to take the risk by going out to dinner during a pandemic whenever you have to physically interact with them or people that are full service? Getting close to them, possibly getting sick, possibly getting your family sick. I mean, people don't consider that these women have children and have families. It's, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So back to the Forbes article. Uh, so they had asked uh, this, this uh, anonymous sex worker, can you quantify the drop in income that sex workers are experiencing? And the drop in income, like I had said before, I'm making 0% off of my work right now. Zero. With the exception mm-hmm. of some clients that have, you know, uh, sent, me, uh, sent me some cash for like some, uh, some photos. But no, I'm not, I'm not doing my job. I'm not doing my hustle. I'm not doing anything. And it's it's both, it's like a mental anguish because I love what I do. I enjoy what I do. And I, I do appreciate my clients and I can't see them. I can't risk it. I've had clients ask me, they're like, hey, let's go out to dinner or, you know, hey, why don't you, uh, why don't you and I go out to um, the park or whatever? I'm like, I, I, I just don't want to risk that. I don't want to risk getting sick. Have you had any clients nudge you toward digital work or online work at all? So that's a very interesting topic. So um, a lot of people have turned to OnlyFans, uh, which if you don't know what OnlyFans is, and I feel like everyone and their mother does now (laughs) because people always talk about, I'm going to make an OnlyFans. Fuck this. And I'm like, okay, cool. Or I won't date her if she has an OnlyFans account. Yeah, that's, wow. (laughs) So and it's like a picture of a dude on an air mattress. Oh yeah, with a bunch, with a bunch of, garbage of garbage around him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, bro, you live Love like it. this. Love the meme farmers for that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so OnlyFans is uh, is really interesting. Definitely very interesting. But uh, okay, so 
Exactly. So a lot of strippers have turned to different platforms in sex work in order to maintain some kind of income. And OnlyFans has been one of them. Now, the problem with uh, women or anyone in the sex working industry that does physical interaction, that has like intimate communication and has to actually physically be there, this is a problem. Like, I am not good at virtual sex work. I have never been good at that. I fucking hate social media. I suck balls at keeping up with anything. I don't know how to take like photos of myself professionally. There's a reason why I don't do it. I I can't keep up with it. And also it's actually kind of hard if you haven't established yourself already in that world of virtual sex work. If you don't already have a platform, it's it's actually quite difficult. And especially now it's become so oversaturated because everybody's like, well, I'll just make an OnlyFans account, which, hey, you know what? If you can do it and if you can make it, that's fantastic. But I just know personally for myself and a lot of other girls that do in-person physical intimate connections with their clients, such as full service sex work, working in a brothel or working at a strip club or a massage parlor. A lot of us don't do that. Also, if you don't have access to a laptop, if you don't have access to editing software, if you don't have access to even a camera, people that don't have access to these things, they're not as privileged as other uh, people in their same career. And, you know, therefore they can't even generate income online because they don't have access to these tools. Um, So it creates a very unfair, disadvantaged population of people who aren't getting income right now just because they don't have access to those tools. That's a very good point. Extremely good point. Mm -hmm. That is an extremely good point, Karma. So I actually read another article, which was from like some bogus ass. Some, some, hold on, I got to find it. Bogus. Some bogus ass. (laughs) Okay, so this is an article from the New York Post. Um, Strippers have been making bank online during the pandemic. Bye. This is a fucking lie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just don't. Okay. So this is the article. So number one, Aurora slipped on a short red dress over her strappy laundry before joining 30 men on a Zoom call. Number one, hell yeah. That's a tight ass name. Number two, Zoom. This is where I immediately was like, hell no. Zoom is not a safe fucking thing to use if you're going to be doing this because it can be easily accessed from another party i would be so scared of someone hacking my shit what was that other platform that doja cat used to talk to all these like supposedly like all right bros i have no fucking idea yeah it was some like platform and she's like yeah, you know, um, in its defense, like, it was uh, full of a lot of, like, you know, alt-right bros that weren't politically correct. But now, like, there's more moderators on the platform. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, platforms online aren't safe unless they have people moderating the actual website and making sure people don't get hacked and making sure that People have their information safe. Like, yeah, Zoom is not one of those things that I would ever use to be stripping ever. How how vulnerable is your IP address if you're a sex worker trying to make money and somebody wants to screenshot you and then blackmail you and say, hey, I'm going to tell. Yeah, they'll they'll try to extort you or some shit or revenge porn. Yeah. Extortion does not stop physically. Oh, no. There's such a financial extortion, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, Dude, (laughs) financial abuse happens all the time. Mm -hmm. So... Let me, uh, so this article, so by the end of the 15 minute dance, she was naked, save for a thong. It's like a stripogram, but on video, said Aurora, who uses a stage name while performing as an erotic performer. It pays the bills. Hey, power to you, girl. I'm proud of you. But Zoom is a very scary platform. I would, I would never want to do that. Uh, So it says the Brooklynite, a seasoned dancer, pocketed $150 that Saturday in April, her first venture into the world of virtual stripping. I just want to point out, it says strippers have been making bank online during the pandemic. She made $150 off of 30 men. That's insane to me. In person, how much would you say you could off make of 30, off of 30 men? If it was 30 dudes watching me and they, this is the thing, they don't have a choice of not paying, motherfucker. Like you're there, you're on a Zoom call. 
You kind of have to pay. If we were at the club, you could choose not to pay because there's more girls coming up. Mm-hmm. That's rid- I don't think she got paid nearly enough. Not at all. Versus- if 30 men came up and tipped me all on stage and I would get like $5 minimum from each one, I don't think that was nearly enough money for mm-hmm. her. And this girl lives in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. In fucking Brooklyn, New York? Are you kidding me? No way. And if she was the only entertainer for this dude and all these other dudes, man, fuck those guys. Fuck them. They should have paid her so much fucking more. Also, not to mention, she probably has roommates because Brooklyn is really expensive and it's very hard to get a private space for your own. So you, in some way, you would be exposed and depending on who your roommates are, you are kind of subject to any kind of judgment um, or discrimination that a lot of people in America do have towards sex workers. I mean, not even considering roommates, but like consider this. You live with your fucking family that don't know what you're doing. Right. Like exactly. A lot of girls don't have access to be doing virtual sex work because they live with their mom and dad or they live with whoever, relatives or whoever. Mm-hmm. And that's really shitty. You know? Yeah, I agree. And, um, yeah, that was just very interesting to me. I was like, dude, you live in Brooklyn, and you had a group of 30 guys, and they only gave you $150. I mean, it is it is money. I get that. But, like, that just makes me so fucking, like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? I, Girl, they should pay you more money. So, um, yeah. So, people have been doing Zoom. They've been doing OnlyFans. They've been doing, uh, what is it called? Uh, it's like little little vids. I don't know. There's a lot of different platforms that have, people have been able to choose from. But it's like we said, it's very hard, especially if you don't have access to a nice camera or uh, a laptop or like constant Wi-Fi. Like if you're already struggling, it's going to be even harder. Or people that just aren't seasoned to be working in the virtual sex working world like myself. I'm not about that. Like, if I have to sit on a computer, like, like I don't talk with emojis or I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really flirty. So it would sound like you'd be talking to like your college professor or some shit (laughs) and it just wouldn't be fun for anyone. I would have a terrible time. I wouldn't respond to your message in five hours. Like, you know, it would would just be bad. (laughs) So, um, another thing that people have been doing so there's a, a club called Lucky Devil's Lounge in Portland, Oregon. Super, super cool. And they decided to do this thing called Boober Eats. And it started off as girls going to these people's houses or these patrons' houses and wearing pasties. And I believe they had to wear full bottoms and delivering food from their kitchen and like kind of just jumping around, doing a little dance. They were safe, obviously wearing masks. They had an escort with them, like a driver and someone to, to be with them. But... It obviously is not the same. It's not the same amount of cash um, as you're used to making, which can be very hard. Lucky Devil's Lounge also decided to start a drive through strip club, which I thought was pretty funny and actually pretty cool. How it works, let me pull up the article. So you pay $30 to enter and you can order any food off the menu. Once you're inside this tent, uh, pretty much it's like a full show. Uh, it is a full show with mass dancers, of course, and they do a song or two for each car, and they give you your food, and then you're on your way. They even have, um, you know, those, like, those long claw things that you use to pick up, like, garbage? Hell yeah. They have that to get, like, the money. I would want mine to be one of those shark heads <laughs> and be like, give it to me. But, you know, at, at the same time, they've also <laughs> said that, you know, it's near, it's not, it's not nearly as much money as they're used to making, which I totally understand. But, you know, yeah. it's nice to have the opportunity to get on a stage and be active and move around and, you know, thoroughly enjoy what you do again. So that's that's really cool. So, yeah, Lucky Devil's, Lo- Lucky Devil's Lounge is doing a pretty fantastic job and uh, definitely major kudos to them and, you know, having the girls come out of isolation and actually having fun and being on stage again is so fucking important because, you know, we thoroughly enjoy what we do. And I think that's very important for people to understand that our work is legitimate which is a very fucking big problem as to why we're not getting help is because people don't think it's legitimate. And uh, it's dehumanizing. It's incredibly dehumanizing, especially uh, the fact that (laughs) they weren't 
they weren't wanting to give out these uh, federal loans to small businesses, a.k.a. self-employed sex workers. It's absolutely fucking dehumanizing. So in this article from Huffington Post, it talks about legal sex workers and others in the adult industry who were denied the coronavirus service. So we, I had mentioned about the $2 trillion bailout and about how it was not going to be applied for sex workers or anyone in the adult entertainment industry. So talking about Suki Dunham, who's the founder of a sex toy company called Oh My Bod, they were obviously rejected. The SBA rejected their application because of the, um, the purience, prurience, prurience clause, and Dunham had to find funding elsewhere ever since. So Suki Dunham uh, said that she wasn't surprised when she had heard about the uh, prurience clause. So Dunham and her husband, who together created Oh My Bod, first learned of the clause over a decade ago when they founded the company and tried to apply for an SBA-backed loan. The SBA rejected their application because of the prurience clause, and Dunham has had to find funding elsewhere ever since. So she says, we serve our community by employing people. Adding that Oh My Bod has had to lay off some ha, has had to lay off many employees due to the coronavirus. We are sound employers offering our staff competitive salaries and benefits such as healthcare. We are no different than any other small business out there. So, one sex worker based in Baltimore, uh, named Andre Shakti, said, "We need a compassionate acknowledgement of our work as legitimate work." Shakti said that she's lost about 85% of her income because of the COVID-19 crisis. Over half of her earnings come from explicit sex work, and the remainder comes from non-explicit work, including writing about sex and being an intimacy and sex coach. Even her non-explicit work, however, still bars her from receiving aid through the small business stimulus package. Although Shakti is worried about her livelihood, she said she's more worried about those most vulnerable in the industry, including street sex workers and gender queer sex workers of color. One of the things um, that Frances the Stripper said in this article, who's a comedian and author, she had said that sex workers have always had to rephrase the truth about what they do in order to survive. And that's not a lie. Because, of course, there is a stigma and that needs to change. So one of the things in this article that was said that is um, pretty dark and it was a, a joke they said, I can't, I can't help but wonder if I'll be excluded from being provided a ventilator if need be due to my profession. And that's really fucking sad to me. Yeah. It's just, it's frustrating to think that our country and our government dehumanizes sex workers like this where they make jokes about it to you know, to cope, just, it's, it's really, it's really disheartening, because people in this career, they're humans too, they need health care. Yeah, and I mean, if anyone needs free health care besides everyone, sex workers really, really could use the free health care in Medicare, because a lot of our work is physical, like I was saying. Like, it would be fantastic if we had healthcare. Not just healthcare for our physical being and our physical wellness, but mental healthcare. The amount of emotional labor that you provide as a stripper that goes unpaid for, holy shit, it's crazy. And that's another uh, topic that we'll have to talk about another day is mental health and working as a stripper. That's going to be a very interesting one to talk about. Let's and well, you wanted to make a point that Sex workers, it's, this is not like a sob story for sex workers. It, it's This is what they enjoy doing, and there are just unfortunate setbacks that come with working in the industry sometimes, just like with any industry. Right. You guys have your own specific, you know, very uh, cultural type of things that happen within that society. Right. Right. Many of us enjoy our jobs. Many of us are there because we enjoy our jobs. We are there by our own free will. And there are many sex workers from strippers to uh, porn actresses and actors and individuals in between. Let's see, massage, uh, erotic massage uh, therapists, cam girls. Like, you know, a lot of a lot of us enjoy our work. I wouldn't be doing this. Like, I, I don't like the phrase like, oh, well, you know what? I'm just going to drop out of uh, I'm going to drop out of college and become a stripper. 
bitch, you think that shit's easy? Also, try doing this. Try being a stripper that's in college. You know how many girls I know that are in college that have kids and they strip and they do fucking great and they do it because it's good money and we enjoy our jobs. We enjoy our jobs like this whole this whole, um, you know, uh, a, a sex worker actually enjoying their job is like a male fantasy bullshit is very frustrating because I'm I'm I am I am always always happy to talk about these subjects with people that don't know. That's why I started this podcast, because I want to clarify a lot of things that have to be asked and have to be clarified. It's a fantasy that the strippers enjoy their job or they don't enjoy their job? That they enjoy their job. But they do enjoy their job. Yeah, but there's this uh, there's this concept there's this conception through like a lot of media, like movies and so on there that you know that it has this it has this image of someone that is forced into a line of work that doesn't suit them or like I had to turn this to this because this was my last option which I'm not saying that doesn't happen I am not saying that does not happen but it is not too too good to be true if a stripper enjoys their job Mm -hmm. I enjoy my job Mm -hmm. I also enjoy my clients I love my clients i enjoy my regulars and my patrons so you're saying it's not a fantasy it's it's no it's the truth like a lot of strippers do love their yeah it's extremely empowering it's extremely empowering it's a financial liberation i had never felt more confident in myself until i started full-time stripping and it has made me a very strong person it has made me a very confident person. And through stripping, I have also found a lot of other confident, independent individuals through that. And I'm so forever thankful for this. I'm so forever thankful for my job. So this whole, this, this whole, like, this whole uh, talk about, you know, you know, like me not enjoying my job or like, you know, like, oh, I'll just drop out and become a stripper. Like it's like it's fucking easy. I'm like, dude, it's it's hard work, and you got to be good at it. It's a fucking talent. Like I said, no one tells you that when you sign up for this job, it's a fucking sales job. It's a fucking sales job. It's a hustle, and it's a fucking fun job. I love my job, and like I said, I'm not dismissing the fact that sex trafficking does happen, not at all. But it would make everything a hell of a lot easier if they did legalize sex work. It would make things so much more easier, and then we can give the valuable assets that we need for sex workers, especially street workers, like healthcare, uh, labor rights, protection. Because there's nobody, nobody, nobody out there besides other sex workers protecting each other. We don't have the government on our side and we don't have, we definitely have, don't have the cops on our side. Like, I... I I just think it's crazy to me how people have been, you know, we've been talking a lot about small businesses and um, like restaurants, retail stores, bars, and how strongly people are fighting for, um, you know, to get them help. (laughs) And I'm also not dismissing like small businesses, but I just think it's crazy how there hasn't been like a single fucking peep from anyone in like the service industry, like standing with strippers or other people in sex work, because I think sex work is a service. So it's, it's, it's been a lot of, it's been a lot of like banding together from other people in the small business industry, but like, dude, no, sex workers only have each other. Strippers only have each other. We don't have anyone else to turn to. (laughs) Like, it's very fucking difficult. It's very, very difficult. And I don't feel like there's been a lot of people even advocating for the safety of sex workers in this time. And it's, it's it's very shitty. So how the strip clubs have been handling it, I, it definitely varies from state to state. But for for instance, at my club, they had been checking people's temperatures at the door, apparently, which I don't even know if this is true because I hadn't gone. And everyone that I stay connected with is not going to work. They uh, also were giving out masks, but I don't know if that was a mandatory thing for anyone that was actually going in there as a patron. And um, they had hand sanitizer and hand sanitizer, like, hand, like sanitation stations. But it, it just, it, it seems completely flawed to even do that. Well, not to mention, like, people in general who go out, and this is speaking from my short time working during the pandemic at a restaurant 
where people were throwing fits that they had to wear masks upon entry into the establishment, which was pretty bogus. Yeah. If you ask me, it's mm-hmm. like you're wearing a mask so that you protect everyone, especially essential workers mm-hmm. who are providing you a service um, that our business is even deciding to stay open during this time so people can make money and make a living. You know, it, it's just so ridiculous. People who, who just walk up and are like, well, this doesn't affect me. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's totally bogus. Yeah. Now think about all like the entitled men that have come into the club and that aren't going to do that. And on top of that, our work doesn't have a three foot like space. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. don't have a bar or uh, a cordial like distance that we can follow. No, our work is very intimate. It's very physical. Mm-hmm. We don't have anything protecting us. And I get it that we're up in arms about small businesses like bars and restaurants and other things like that, retail stores. But holy fuck, has there been a fucking word, a peep from any of my local bars or any, any fucking like, it's just, it's it's just not there. The support's not there. You don't get that from anyone else outside the sex working industry, which sucks. And it's also not like a burlesque show where you sit down at a table and you have that distance. Like, I mean, if you want to comment on that at all, like versus strip clubs. That goes back to the whole, um, yeah, it goes back to the whole, like, uh, the physical interaction in sex work. Because, you know, you have different kinds of clubs, clubs that are only stage, mm-hmm. like uh, Jumbo's Clown Room in L.A. Mm-hmm. They they are a stage club. They have a stage and it's it's more to me like a bar with a with a stage and they 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 work differently. But, you know, they still had to interact. But it's it's definitely different from what a lot of other clubs do as well. It all varies. Right. It, all of it varies. So I, I personally think that a lot of strip clubs probably aren't handling it very well if they haven't been shut down. Like, honestly, the best way to handle the situation is to shut it down. But then it goes back to, oh, well, fuck. Well, how are we going to have any money? Right. Well... Well, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe help a girl out. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just—it's just fucking wild to me. Maybe uh, more business loans should be extended. Yeah, to sex workers. I don't or know. bailouts. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's 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 crazy shit. Like, who is actually getting bailed out versus who is getting loans and who is being forced to pay back mm. those loans? Yeah. Um, it's fucking, it's fucking wild. It is insane. So one of the things I'm also going to talk about right now is how are things going to change whenever things do start to normalize? So say there is a vaccine or a form of treatment that comes soon or at some point in the year. Please, if everyone can start chanting vaccine 2020 don't actually do that because that's not a good chant that was terrible don't ever let me do a chant for anyone ever again that was bad should we harmonize instead wait let's try it wait how do we how do we harmonize wait you're the high note i'm the low note vaccine Vaccine 2020 Ooh. That was pretty good. That was, <laughs> we were like monks, like, like was it Gregorian chant? <laughs> but we had to do like the like the. Aww. Oh, I was gonna say, what if we did like the Tibetan, like uh, the like very. Like, I don't know how to do. That. No, uh, what's it called? Like, the, it's called. It's there's a specific word. Gr- Gruntle? No. No. G- g- you know, like, okay. I keep thinking of, like, didgeridoo. Yeah, like, yeah, okay, like a didgeridoo. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that, like, that'd be cool. Okay, so that was good. <laughs> so if, say, if there was something, like, a vaccine that came out or a, some kind of treatment, how would things change at the club? Well, I mean, one of the things that I've thought about is maybe... A lot of the clubs that are mainly bottle service will start seeing more and more uh, stage tips. 
because where I work, we're a predominantly VIP champagne room um, club. Like we, we do have stage. We have, we have stages, of course, and we do get tipped on stage, but you make a lot of your money specifically from champagne rooms and so on. And some people, some clubs, you make a lot of fucking money on stage and also with VIP. So I'm hoping that if things go towards a vaccine and things get start to get normal, that people will tip more on stage. And maybe I won't have to like it will be like the 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 like the the mannerisms and the the cultural the cultural like mannerisms in strip clubs will change. Like people will maybe be less handsy. Maybe they won't be so eager for me to sit on their lap. Maybe they will be okay with me actually just having a good, a good, a little bit of a distance, you know? Honestly, I, I'm probably going to focus a lot more on my hygiene. I already try to um, make sure I, I shower every single time I, uh, I work a shift. But also this this is going to also make me be a lot more aware of like uh, washing washing my hands after getting off stage or I'm sorry, we, we just don't have time for that whenever we're running around. But like, you know, using hand sanitizer um, carrying, maybe even cleaner. I mean, I don't know. There's so much cleaning my money, which that wasn't really a thing for me. And I exchange a lot of my money at the end of the night anyway. Like I always exchange my singles, but you know, there's so much. I think, I think like, how can you, how can you change your hustle after this? Like also, how can you educate your clients? after this or do they need education that's that's something that I wouldn't know how do you gauge that even I have no idea see that's like those are these are these are like some of the important questions that I have to figure out and I don't know until things start to normalize yeah I have no idea and I'm hoping like I said that stage tips will be um will be more plentiful when things get back to normal maybe people will be less handsy um, I am not excited for all the fucking COVID jokes that I'm probably going to have to hear from people mm. like you don't have COVID, don't you? Aha! And then I'm going to have to fake laugh and be like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, it's going to be it's going to be interesting going back to work, but I'm definitely going to be more aware. And um, yeah, it's going to it's going to change a little bit. And I'm not really sure what kind of change it's going to be. I have no no in insight about that. I cannot really think about it. If you if you are a stripper or a sex worker and you have um, you have something to say about that, please let me know. I, I want to know what do you, what do you think is going to happen? Like once we go back to work, when things start to open up, how do you think things are going to change at your club specifically or in your field? And how are how are you going to adapt to that? Like that's one of the things is that we adapt. Strippers adapt. So how how do we adapt that into our hustle? It's going to be interesting. Well, uh, so supposedly I've heard that uh, workers at Apple are getting free COVID tests weekly. But because that's Apple, they can give their workers those tests to see whether or not they're positive or negative. Mm -hmm. I'm just putting it out there. What if strip clubs or some kind of government subsidiary or any kind of, you know amount of money that would go towards that to help out every industry you know what i mean including the sex industry that would be a fucking shock that would be that would literally like that would blow my fucking mind but just like the stimulus that everybody got was a shock because that was a shock to me i honestly didn't think that was real and you know what there's a lot of there's actually a lot of strippers that i know that didn't get a stimulus check just putting that out there yeah it's just these are the things that need to be fought for exactly you know Mm -hmm. on top of everything else that is being just rooted up from the ground that's been uh hasn't been talked about absolutely yeah we're seeing uh, a failure from institutions that we have established for a very long time and there is a very 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 i like to say there's like a very thin veil with what we've covered up um all over the world. And that veil is like made out of fucking saran wrap. You know what I mean? Like you can see right through it. (laughs) But now people are really starting to just tear it off and they're like, Oh fuck. And so I'm, I'm really hoping that this will also give the opportunity to, 
to really, really, really try to establish a, a union for sex workers, a union for strippers, entertainers. Yeah, I, I would I would really hope that a lot would come out of this. I'm not really sure. I'm not sure if anything is going to come out of this for anyone in the stripping industry. Well, I think I feel like the main message is, is that sex workers are a part of society, too. Yes, we're human beings before anything else. We're human beings. A lot of us have family. We have kids. We have partners. We have pets. We have a home. Some of us don't have a home. You know, there's there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to unpack. And the the humanization of people in the sex work uh, sex working industry is is the first step in order for things to start to change like rights, health care and benefits. So whenever we start to humanize the work and legitimize the labor that goes into sex work, I think that's very important. I actually uh, I had this discussion with someone about this was like a, this was an online discussion that I had with someone. If capitalism fell, would strippers still like would that still be a job? Would that still be a thing? And I was like, why wouldn't it be? And the person said, well, it doesn't really take any artisanal like skill. And I'm like this. And this person was like a, this person was actually like a leftist, like a far leftist. Oh, man. And they were and I was like, what? I, like that, that, like it just goes to show like people really have no idea what we do. People have absolutely no idea what it is like to be a stripper. And I get it because you're not going to know unless you do it or unless you listen to my bitch ass talk about it for <laughs> fucking an hour and however fucking long that this episode's going to be. And that's the thing. Like, yeah. it is a fucking skill. It's it's not only a skill of sales, like I've already mentioned before, but it's it's a form of therapy for a lot of people. It really is. Well, think about about all the multi-level marketing schemes that don't actually take skill. Uh, not that I'm comparing stripping to multi-level marketing, not at all, because clearly, like, multi-level marketing and pyramid schemes are a scam, right? But I'm saying, like, sales in general um, versus sales that involve... Uh, taking risks of bodily harm. Um, you're exposing yourself to um, unknown like conditions, um, especially during a pandemic and um, just the general like atmosphere. Like there's a, there's a difference with what I'm saying. Being a salesperson versus being a salesperson that it's selling your body. It's selling, like your, selling body. Your, your body. Exactly, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you're, you're more vulnerable is ah, what yeah. I'm saying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, so there's a level of vulnerability there that needs to be protected by something something bigger than itself, yeah. than, than just the individual. There needs to be a yeah. community yeah. that protects them. Yeah, and I mean, we do have community. We do, like, that's what I was saying. Like, we have each other, but, like... It, it has to go beyond just us looking out for each other. It means that it means that we need to have uh, established rights, established protections, people to call. Like uh, I, I've had multiple men try to uh, try to like financially. Uh, I, I call it financial abuse. So if I, for instance, I give a guy five lap dances, so he owes me a hundred dollars, and he's like, "I'm not giving you a hundred dollars. I'm going to give you sixty. and I'm like. No, you're going to give me a hundred dollars because that's what I did. That was my labor. That's what I did for you. Now it's an exchange of service and cash. And he's like, well, you know, if he just says no. And I go up to my manager, I'm like, hey, this guy won't pay me money. My manager is going to be like, that's fucking stealing. But if uh, if a fucking like if I go up to a cop or something, and I say, hey, this fucking dude punched me in the face and I, you know, I, I work at the strip club and I, I, I call the cops on a guy that assaulted me or or God, you know, some someone that had either sexually assaulted you or assaulted you or or something, you know, you, you, you we don't have cops to go to because unfortunately, if you work at a strip club. It's it's like they consider it, already, it, as, it sets the tone. Exactly. They consider it a fucking danger. I was trying to make the difference right. between the vulnerabilities right. that people are facing that are getting business loans or getting bailouts from the government versus 
the stigma behind people that are not getting like salespeople who are because you you're trying to like compare strippers and people in the sex work industry as salespeople, right? Versus salespeople that are getting bailouts. That's mm-hmm. what I'm I'm trying to put that in the same argument. Who is worthy of getting bailed out? Right. And how is that decided? Yeah. By and- our government. What what are the exact clauses and and what are the restrictions and who makes those decisions? Right. Exactly. That's that's the the main point I'm trying to make. Right. In proving that strippers, sex workers deserve bailouts just like anybody else in the society. Absolutely. And so we need to question those who are making the actual restrictions because people working in the stripping industry aren't getting those that money or financial aid, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I, that's what I'm trying to figure out is who makes these decisions. I mean, that's like I said, that's a really, really, really even longer topic to discuss because then you're directly talking about politicians. You're directly talking about political parties. Right. And specifically the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. You're just talking about people that want to delegitimize sex work. That's And it goes way beyond who's worthy of what. No, it's a specific attack on people in the sex industry because... Bars, bartenders that that are barbacks, they they can get fucking unemployment. And I'm not saying being a barback isn't like a like a legitimate job, but I mean, I've done barbacks, I've done barbacking. It, it's it's heavy work, but you can't argue that what you do in a strip club isn't work. That's there's obviously a lot of work that goes into that. Yeah, you are are promoting yourself Mm -hmm. you are in yourself you have to it it's probably even more invasive than barbacking is oh absolutely a hundred percent and that's that's the main point is how much invasive work or detailed work on yourself that you have to prepare yourself for a job how much is that credited in our society Who's to say? That's hard to say. Mm-hmm. And that's something that people need to talk more about. Right. And that they don't talk about. Right. And that's what's frustrating. Absolutely. We could talk way more about that in another podcast and just branch off into so many different things. But relating back to COVID-19 and who's getting financial aid, who's not getting financial aid right now, um, is scary. It's it's scary for a lot of people. Well, everybody should think about who is getting affected by this. Who's 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 not getting bailed out? That's the main question. Who is not getting bailed out right now? Right. Like who has the opportunity and the likelihood of getting the help? And then who's completely fucked? And I think we all know who's at the end of that fucking like food chain, right? I mean, it's not not it's not just sex workers though, but you of know, course, but, but they're pretty low. Yeah, on and that, that's on not, that scale, and that's not even um, talking about like I said, like we had talked about like the street workers or undocumented mm-hmm. sex workers. Oh yeah. So I mean, it, it goes it goes it goes very far beyond just like my my work, which is stripping in ten nine nine. You know, being an independent contractor. I mean, you can go into a fucking, like, rabbit hole of all the other people in that industry that are not being helped. Well, thank goodness for the whole DACA movement that, like, DACA people are safe now. So that's, woo! Like, (laughs) woo! My my grandma is part of DACA, so (laughs) she's, like... 81 years old. Can you imagine? Your grandma's she, not 81. I've seen a picture of her. Well, she, <laughs> she looks pretty good for her age. Mm. But can you imagine if she got, you know, kicked out? Like deported? And deported yeah. after she's lived here her whole life. Yeah. I actually saw this tweet that made me, that made me fucking cry laughing. Because uh, you know what they said about, um, about ICE or, yeah, about like they're trying to deport like immigrant students in universities. Right. And this guy's name is Daniel RC, Daniel underscore RC. I might be saying that wrong. He says, I really did not work my voluptuous ass off in high school and graduate third in my class, get admitted into a spectacular U.S. university with a scholarship and enroll with honors just so some dipshit manager at ICE with a GED and a porn addiction can decide to suddenly deport me. Hey. <laughs> it's like, damn. 
Damn. Call out culture at its finest. Damn, got him. (laughs) Well, that was... I think this was I think this was a really good. It was heavy, but it was ne- a necessary episode. Yeah. I mean, so, there's there's definitely going to be some heavy episodes. Yeah. And there's going to be heavier episodes, but um I I hope that this was a pretty good insight into what's happening for strippers and other sex workers. And um if you have any questions, please feel free to again email at um, aurora.violets at yahoo.com. Um, we do uh, have a cash app, so if you would like to tip us for our time and support the podcast, please go ahead and do that at the dollars, at the dollar sign, <laughs> at dollar sign, the pussy mansion. We really appreciate you guys for listening, and we really hope that we could answer any questions that you did have, or if you just enjoyed the podcast, please give us a follow. Yeah. It's it's fucking hard times, man. It's hard times for everyone. And it, it's 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 interesting. Very strange. Breathe deep. Breathe through your nose. Vomit, Vomit through, through your, your mouth. mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you next time. Thank you so much, Karma, for again helping me out. Again, no I love worries. you so much. No worries. Much love to all of you out there listening to this. Be safe, please. Know your worth. You all are loved by the universe. And also, stay informed about what's happening in this world. We still have a lot to do. There is a lot of things happening. The Black Lives Matter movement. We have so much happening we have the elections coming up come on let's get informed take the time to educate yourself reevaluate yourself call out your fucking family members call out your fucking friends let's get to fucking work communication so key right now especially during mercury retrograde (laughs) yeah this is this is all sorts of fucked up I think it took us it took us like a total of like two hours to upload the first episode because I had so much brain frogs and (laughs) I couldn't fucking I couldn't fucking think I was like on the computer just like yelling like spontaneously and then it was it was bad. Well, we're the age of information now where information comes at us so quickly that you really have to have your what are they called like analyzation skills i don't know uh you're you have you have to know how to analyze information and sort it at rapid speeds and so give yourself a break but also give yourself time to analyze big downloads of information right and uh that's that's something that's actually very important that karma said um this episode actually has been a lot heavier than i expected in some ways, which is good. And uh, there was a lot of information given. Um, I, I I named quite a few different articles, which um, I will go ahead and put a link or the article title with the author in the description so you can go look at those articles yourself. And it's a lot of information that we just talked about. Lots of things. And take a breather. It's okay if you don't get it all at once, if you don't understand everything all at once. It's hard. And sometimes it can be a little bit complicated. And sometimes you have to deprogram yourself from a set of, well, stigma that you've that you've been indoctrinated into thinking. So it takes time. And it's okay if you don't understand. It's okay if you need to take the time to breathe and really think. That's totally fine. You should do that. Self-care. Yes. Love yourself, guys. Sorry, that was the sound of my, my dry-ass hands. <laughs> <laughs> Love yourself, but also... Love your fellow sex workers. Love your fellow strippers. Just just love those people who actually need lo- a lot of love right now. Mm-hmm. It's a very hard time for a lot of people. Be their champion. You know, if, if, any, if any freaking white knight type of people need to come step in right now, do it for the right reasons, not just for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, people need a community right now. Mm-hmm. Be their community. Even, even if it's the smallest thing you can do, you know? Yep. Like promoting people, uh, promoting sex workers uh, through Instagram, um, sending in a, a tip, you know, 
following their OnlyFans, paying for a subscription, having conversations, asking for pictures. Giving um, a like, giving a follow mm-hmm. through social media, mm-hmm. giving a dollar, 25 cents even. Yeah. <laughs> For my fucking laundry, <laughs> which I didn't do today. Oh, no. <laughs> Fuck. But yeah, um, thank you so much for tuning in. And we are so excited for whatever the fuck's going to come out of my poopy brain. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, if you have any questions, any suggestions, if you want to, oh, if you want to share any uh, sex worker community outreach programs, which I will try to put some onto the description as well. Um, go ahead and send that my way and I will try to do my best to, uh, put that out there as best as I can. And, uh, like I said, if you care to support us and give us a tip, please send us, uh, a few bucks at our cash app, which is going to be dollar sign the pussy mansion. All right. Thank you guys. Thank you. you guys. Bye bye. Bye bye. And that's what the South is known for. Like, beep, 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 beep.